It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm here Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, Mike Sando brings his insight on Aaron Rodgers and this offensive evolution. Before we get to Mike... I want to tell you about a cool opportunity from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Philosophy sports teams across the country are successfully adapting. Lies of the Stoics, the art of living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. We will get to that conversation with Mike Sando coming up in a little bit. Uh, Mike is one of the best in the business when he talks about football. Uh, I listen, and of course, I would highly recommend that you do the same. That's why I have him on the show. Uh, But before we get there, uh, pretty momentous news yesterday coming out that the Titans had a slew of COVID tests come back positive, and they played the Vikings. And this has repercussions not just for The Packers, but for the entire league, of course, the Packers play the Titans or are supposed to at some point. The Packers play the Vikings again coming up here in just a few weeks. And those timelines could change as well. For the moment, the NFL is proceeding as if the Titans and the Steelers are going to play, despite the fact that the Titans will not be at their facility until much later in the week, likely Saturday, assuming that these tests are uh, confirmed positives. Remember, we had that issue a few weeks ago where there were a bunch of false positives and and they had to get that testing problem worked out. There are things that that can be done here. Uh, Games can be moved if they need to be postponed. Basically, what you do is you're you're giving uh, the, the Vikings and the Titans a week for buy and you're taking away their buys and you're rearranging the schedules. And a lot of the schedules can be moved. Uh, as Albert Breer tweeted, uh, coincidentally, in uh, if things need to be moved around and, and games need to be rearranged so that they can make the schedules work, the Packers are intimately involved in that because if Steelers-Ravens goes to Week 8 and Titans-Steelers goes to Week 7, uh, and if the Vikings had to postpone their game in Houston, the Vikings' buy right now is Week 7, the Texans' buy is Week 8. In week seven, the Texans play the Packers. In week eight, the Vikings 
play the Packers. And of course, there is still some option that perhaps instead of uh, the Packers playing the Texans when they do later in the season, that they could do that um, in their what would otherwise be their bye week and the Texans would would have their bye in week seven. This is this is stuff that is all at this point contingency plans. We will find out very shortly what the league's protocols are in terms of their effectiveness. Because what happened was two coaches tested positive. They were held out of the game. They were not a part of the game. But then subsequent testing saw that there were players who tested positive. And the fact that these tests are not done in real time, where it's not you walk in the door and you know within 15 minutes if you're positive. The fact that they are playing a little bit of catch-up creates some problems here. And so what you have is a situation where now there are questions about the Vikings and the exposure that that they have. Now, the Vikings reported this week that they don't have any positive tests as of this recording, but it could take time. The Titans only had the two, and then because of the the rapid spread that this virus can show, all of a sudden you can turn two positive tests into five, into seven, into nine, into 10 pretty quickly. And there is an incubation period. So if there were Vikings exposed, they might not test positive until Wednesday or Thursday or Friday of this week, maybe even later. The median incubation time for this virus is seven days. Now, with rapid testing and and the daily testing, maybe they can catch some of this stuff a little bit sooner. This is why you have to have the daily tests. This is why you have to have the mass protocols on the sidelines, because there are going to be people who become contagious, who become uh, infected, who may not test positive, but who are carrying the virus and eventually could, and it may be the case that they are exposing other people in between when we have the test results and when they were tested. This is going to be a thing that happens more than once this season. Brian Gutekind said it in August. There are going to be positive tests. Do the protocols work? Do they need to be changed? We had a situation where there were a bunch of false positives. They had to make some tweaks to these systems. Now, the problem is you don't necessarily have day of testing that is you're going to get the results back before the game it seems so the problem is there isn't day of testing they don't test sunday day of the game and as the espn article points out there really is no explanation from the league or the nflpa why there isn't and you know they they could get tests that make it quick enough you'd get the results fast enough but they haven't and so even though these guys are being tested every day You could have it on Sunday, not show symptoms on Saturday, be able to be tested positive on Sunday. They could hold you out of the game, but they don't have that protocol right now. These tests come from the Monday tests, and then you get the results, uh, you know, either Monday night or Tuesday morning. They're getting, you know, basically 8, 12 hour, whatever it is, turnaround times on this stuff. The fact that they don't have daily testing on Sundays where they have the results before the game is what makes this possible. And, you know, whether the cost or, you know, there are a lot of factors here, but they have to be able to get these things done in a a timely manner. And hopefully 
you know, if there was exposure on Sunday, we know by Wednesday or Thursday who's got it. You're able to lock it all down and you're able to move forward. The league is going to have to keep playing these games. That's their position. The money says teams can't forfeit. You're, they're going to postpone them. They're going to try and move them. They're going to do everything they can. And when you look at what's going on in Green Bay, which is one of the worst cities uh, in the country right now, in, in Wisconsin is one of the worst in terms of new cases. And the NFL, if you look at all 32 cities, Green Bay is the worst right now in terms of increasing caseloads. The Packers are going to have to be very careful. Do your part, wear a mask, stay home if you can. Uh, take the precautions because even if you don't think this is serious, if you don't think it's dangerous, if a Packers player gets it, they can't play. So that is all you need to worry about. If you don't care about anything else, care that your ability to keep the Packers players safe is on the is, is on the line here and, and their ability to play is on the line. And you don't know who you could be infecting when you're out there. It could be a true, you know, you, you might recognize Kenny Clark if you see him at the store as a Darius Smith, but you, you might not recognize the athletic trainer or the backup, uh, you know, they don't have a backup long snapper, but you might, you might not recognize some of the special teams players. You might not recognize the linebackers coach. And, and so we all need to do our parts here as well. Luckily, it doesn't seem like uh, the Vikings have any issues yet. We don't know for sure if that's uh, gonna gonna hold up. So the traveling part of this, this is this is all something that could lead to changes. It could lead to schedule changes. It could lead to regional bubbles. It could lead to all kinds of things we're seeing in, in baseball going to regional bubbles. That could be something the NFL could look into as well. Uh, this is all changing on the fly, but the league has a huge financial interest in making sure the season is played and is played uh, in in full. And so they're going to do whatever they can to make that happen. Hopefully, everyone else can do their part to also make that happen. Today's show is brought to you by Visa. Now more than ever, it's important to show support for your team and your community. Visa and the National Football League know that local businesses help your community move the ball down the field. Small businesses everywhere are overcoming challenges in these new times thanks to teammates like you and Visa. Because when everyone pitches in, everyone benefits. Being loyal to local businesses ignites growth and supports all of us in our community. Because they know where you shop matters, Visa urges you to support local retailers who are making shopping safe and reliable. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Liable. And remember, 
Tap to pay with a contactless visa wherever you see the contactless symbol to help your community. Visa, the official partner of the NFL. All right, let's get to my conversation with Mike Sando. He is one of the best in the business. You can follow him on Twitter at Sando NFL. He writes at The Athletic. Uh, he, he does the QB tiers. He's been on this show before. And as I said yesterday, I have season tickets to Mike Sando. If, if I see him, if I if I see he's done work, if I see he's on a podcast, if I see he's doing an interview, I am consuming that content. And that is why I am very happy to bring him here now. Mike, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. It's great to be here. Good to be here. Can't wait to talk some Aaron Rodgers, one of our favorite topics. It is indeed. And and one of the stories of the season so far, not just in Packer land, but across the league. The Packers are 3-0 uh, by, by EPA per play. They have the best offense in football. It's the best Packers offense so far Aaron Rodgers has ever been a part of. Uh, just to start here, high level, what have been your impressions of, of how this team has looked through three games, particularly on offense? Well, it's very nice that people now think Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback again, but I don't <laughs> think he suddenly showed up this year and started throwing dime balls, as I documented in a piece before the year. He threw a ton of them last year. I mean, his, uh-huh. his, his, his plays that are incomplete are better than other guys' plays that are complete. So um, I think we've seen a combination of things that have happened this year. Number one, it's three games. Right. So I just was randomly pulling out three game stretches of last year to see what the numbers were. No one is going, God, this reminds me of game number six through eight last year when he passed for a thousand <laughs> yards compared to 887, when he averaged 9.9 per attempt as opposed to 8.4, when right. he had 10 touchdown passes instead of nine, when he had 129 rating instead of 121, when he had a 21 explosive pass completion instead of 16 this year, right? So let's just put a little bit of brakes on that. Hey, you have a good three game stretch. You get to play basically the equivalent of three home games. Remember, the two toughest places they were going to play this whole year at Minnesota and New Orleans are suddenly silent. Right. So when I look at their team, it feels like the offensive line's playing better. Well, duh. There's no noise. Right. It feels like Rodgers is better. (laughs) Well, duh. He's a maestro at the line of scrimmage with his voice and all the cadence and everything. You can't even Mm -hmm. do that at Minnesota. All you hear is that freaking horn going, (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, you're playing Minnesota the week that Mike Zimmer is breaking in new corners for the first time that Mm -hmm. they have never even played. Right. And they haven't been much better in subsequent weeks. Right. I mean, I I live in Seattle area. Seattle has allowed the most yards passing in the first three games in league history, not by like five yards, but like 150. Right. (laughs) Right. So there's some weird stuff going on. And I think Aaron Rodgers, the thing we expected coming into the year was for these elite tier one masters the guys at the line of scrimmage who dominate and control the football game are going to be better than ever. That's what I was saying before the year, because especially no crowd, but then the defenses aren't, um, you know, haven't practiced as much and got their stuff going. And yet Rogers is as good as he's ever been at all that stuff, right? All those things that give you a little bit of an edge. I think that's just been heightened. And then you get a game like against the saints where the receivers are great. I mean, even without Devontae Adams, they made great plays. That was not yeah. at all what we were talking about last year. That was a great game. So, you know, all that stuff together, probably second year with uh, with the Fleurs, probably better. I think getting the quarterback, even though we thought kind of dumb move, shouldn't you be getting the receiver? You get Jordan Love. I think Aaron Rodgers might be a little bit, uh, have a little bit more of an edge to him. He may be a little bit more on point. 
You know what I mean? He may be yeah. thinking, I'll show them. I think he's got that in him. So, you know, all those things together um, looks pretty damn good, doesn't it? It does. And, and he even mentioned it. He was on the Pat McAfee show this week and he mentioned, you know, how much, how much easier it is to go into opposing stadiums. They got the saints on a huge uh, goal line play where they turned, you know, third down into first and goal on a play where they weren't even going to run a play. They were going to call timeout. They were going to try and get the saints to jump and they got them to jump in any other year. Trying to get the saints to jump at the Superdome would be laughable. It would be laughable. Never happened. They, they, any other year, this is a 34 to 27 loss. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And, and what's, what's funny game. is yeah. the Packers are on pace to give up uh, the most points in team history. They're 21st in points allowed. That's how that's how bad yeah, defenses yeah. have been around the league. And and maybe, you know, the way you framed it is better. That's how good the offense is have been still this was not the offense we saw last year Mike no. this they they did not look like this and the the Falcons with Matt Ryan was the comparison that they they used it was something that I used I'm going to be honest I did not believe they could look this good when when you went back and broke down the film you had that great piece in the athletic you broke it down with some coaches to say hey you know what what's going on here D- did you did you think that if if the receiver play was a little bit better, that they, they could be this? No. No, I, I, I will say that I think Rodgers is even better this year. Um, but yeah. I do think that he probably had a three-game stretch similar to this last year. Like, I, I just read you those stats, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. so if we look at Rodgers last season, um, I'm just going to pull up those games. You'll remember them. So one, two, three, four, five. They played a, a stretch of Detroit, Oakland, and then at Kansas City, and they won right. them all. No Devontae Adams in any of those games. Yeah, and and uh, the Oakland game was insane against a really bad defense, right? Uh, that was probably his best game of the year, wasn't it? I mean, yep. where he had like 500 yards. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So Perfect I think we saw, rating. yeah, we saw some uh, we saw some stretches of it where it looked great, but I, I felt like you know down the stretch later in the year it didn't look as great, you know. And if no. you were to take like if you were to do um, first eight versus final eight games last season. I think this final eight game split was not as good, right? It wasn't. The, no. the numbers don't look as good. And that, that sort of stays in our mind. And then they don't get weapons. And then they draft a quarterback. And all through the offseason without anything really happening in terms of games, we it's it's dauber downtime in Packerland. You know, you're like, God, <laughs> we sucked this <laughs> end of last year. Rogers, yeah. maybe he has slipped. I just read this analytics tweet says he sucks you know um i kind of believe it they're not very good oh they didn't draft i mean my son's a huge packer fan right i mean yeah he on draft day he's like dad what are we doing you know he, he we're not we're drafting a running back you know what we're picking a quarterback come on so i think you get this whole off season of negative narrative right oh mm-hmm. it's the end of rogers he's only going to be here one more year two years two more years and now off of a three-game stretch that's under unprecedented settings in the you know, in the history of the league for no crowds and stuff, we're going to now say it's completely different, you know, but, but there were probably some good stretches last year, some bad, it's going to be a long season. Um, Heck, he got smacked one time in the New Orleans game when he winced. And I was like, Ooh, it reminds you, you know, he could be playing with an injury for the second half of this year or whatever, right? You're going to have some things that happen during the year that make it harder. It's not going to look like this the whole time. 
So, you know, let's not overreact to the first three. Like I was, I was actually talking to some coaches when I knew I was going to do this. And I was like, all right, what are we seeing different? Oh, Lafleur, let me tell you, Lafleur has totally revamped the scheme. That's not really what's happened. You know, Um, I was looking inside things like, okay, um, you know, time to pass is like, it feels to me that when he's holding the ball now, the terrible stuff's not happening. I think we can see only two, only two sacks, you know? Um, there's been a shift under, this is counterintuitive to me since LeFleur's got there, about 60% of his attempts are made now after two and a half seconds after the snap. And it was about 40% before, no, no, it was about, uh, 50% before. Wouldn't you have thought that under McCarthy, he was holding the ball longer and running around and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I feel like they haven't had the negative plays when he's held the ball and that's shown by only two sacks. I think that's an unusually low number. And no, Probably. and the throwaways are way down as well. When when he's holding yeah. the ball, it's because it's a shot play and it's play yeah. action, and and there's yeah. someone open down the field on play action against the Saints. They I think they ran play action on over fifty percent of his dropbacks, oh. and yeah. they killed the Saints on those yeah. plays. Killed them. That's one thing I was looking at our uh, in our little sport radar um, database. So. Last year, play action rate, I can't remember if I did this just for the first three games or a whole year, but la- last year it was 21%, this year 32%. So, you know, I think we, you were going to ask me or we talked about like, you know, hey, in this play action offense, does that, is that really putting mud flaps on the Ferrari, right? Is this going <laughs> to inhibit, is this going to inhibit Rodgers? And I think at its worst, it probably can, but there may be a balance on it too. And, you know, they've run the ball well, right? I mean, the, the yes. back looks great. You know, I think he's a difference maker. Um, one of the things I did before the season was, remember, I put that personnel chart up and, and looked at, hey, how many of his receivers, tight ends, backs are quote unquote blue, right? How many of them are just elite, really good? And I think we've seen when Rodgers has really been great, he's had at least two of those guys be really sort of blue. You know what I mean? Be elite. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think between Devontae Adams and, the, and, and Jones, the running yeah. back, they have two elite guys now. Well, and, and one of the things that when, when you wrote that piece in The Athletic about the um, the drops and it, you went through some of the tape pieces on, hey, look at these plays, if these plays go a little bit different, uh, yeah. Jimmy Graham was heavily featured. Yep. And if you ask Packer fans to a man, they thought this offense is better addition by subtraction without Jimmy Graham because he was such a problem for this team. Geronimo Allison, the same thing. And, and that's played itself out. But guys like Alan Lazard, they've played better. Marquez Valdez Scantling yeah. is is healthy now, and to your point, Aaron Jones has been awesome. Uh, the offensive line has been really good. I, I do want to ask you about the scheme though, because mm-hmm. you know the the um, the last time you were on, we talked about you know this is this was the offense that you know John Elway needed at the end of his career because he couldn't right. he couldn't he wasn't the same guy anymore. I, I think the other side of that is is illustrated in a piece that Jim Osharsky did for the Journal Sentinel, which was. We've never really seen a quarterback as talented as Aaron Rodgers run an offense that makes life easy before and in in the way that it can prop up these lesser guys. So if you are able to build in the things that make Rodgers great into the gimme stuff, then suddenly you might have something. And it seems like that's what they've been able – that's the line they're trying to walk. And through three weeks, they've walked it, right? Yep. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think one of the things that, you know, will be interesting is what happens if they, you know, play a defensive front that just completely shuts down the run game. That's where Rodgers should be fine. I mean, compared relative to other quarterbacks, right? I mean, he's just good. Uh, Do they look completely out of sorts? I just – I go back to like the – 
49er games last year, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, by the second quarter, it looked like Rodgers didn't even want to play anymore, you know? Um, yeah. You, you know what I mean? So they, they haven't yeah. had that type of – I don't think they've solved football. You know what I mean? I think it's it's, it's worked well, you know, and it's going well. But but I still think – Andy Reid might have, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Reid might have. But, you know, heck, Ty- Tyreek Hill bl- – hurts his ankle or something and they, they're not going to look the same either you know no, so true. um all of these things are you know we're, we really overanalyze on a one game or three week and all that but I, I i buy that idea that uh if you can bring out the best of everything where hey you know what aaron Rodgers is now protected by a running game yet is still able to do the aaron Rodgers things and they build him in and i think we've i don't know it feels like it feels Positive. I've been like, you know, from a Packers standpoint, pleased in general with the way Aaron Rodgers has kind of handled everything. I mean, he still makes those little veiled comments and stuff, but they're kind of more entertaining <laughs> than anything. And like, he's also it, very honest. He's more honest than most quarterbacks would be. I mean, I don't, yeah. how many guys in the league would make the, you know, I poured myself three fingers of tequila after the Jordan Love pick. I mean, he's he's also letting us in a little bit more than, than most quarterbacks would most, you know, right. Russell Wilson is just going to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to do whatever the team asks me to do. That's you know what, what Tom Brady would say too. Here's my favorite Rogers. So, um, after the game, you know, they play, uh, they play the saints. So then I think is it, is it Michelle Tafoya has them on for the post? Yep. And he's like, I just want to say, you know, Matt called a good game, man. And Matt was really in the groove. I thought he was on, you know, he's like going through reviewing, you know, Hey, you know, whatever Lazard, nice, this, that. And he just lets us know that, you know, and I thought Matt had a good game too. You know, and it was just, yeah. it was just so fun to me to like, think of, can you imagine like Brady after the game? You know, I thought Bill had a good game, you know, it was a pretty good game for Bill. <laughs> Billy, you know, I thought Billy Boy was pretty good today. He was sort of in a flow, you know. It's just yeah. the, all those little things. He's just such a he's such a fascinating, entertaining character, and it's sort of like he's just at such a high level in everything he's doing. Like the stuff at the line of scrimmage. If there's so much detail and nuance to that makes Rogers different and enjoyable, um, that is, he's just a fascinating guy to watch. In his interviews, yeah, too, the things in, he said. Yeah, in an interview, I mean, he's he does this this Tuesday shot with with Pat McAfee, and I, I did notice that he he uh, referred to his head coach uh, in in a compliment as Maddie, and yeah, it Maddie, was like you know? it, it's just it's one of those well because they're almost the same age, and apparently they had this you know come to Jesus Zoom call where they said okay these are the plays neither of us likes let's stop calling them. Let's stop banging our heads against the wall. Yeah. And and you hear That's these huge. stories. You hear these stories. Like I remember Trent Dilford told me a story once when Drew Brees got to New Orleans. Sean Payton said, hey, what do you like to run on third down? And they yep. sort of built things around that. And every time I hear that, I go, it doesn't every, isn't this always what you do? And yeah. it's not. And it, but, it, but it, and it, if even if you do it, yeah. every quarterback doesn't a have the right input all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And number two, they don't have the talent to go out and execute it at the level that these yeah. guys do. But you know, I think there's something to be said for just being together. A well, that's true with any friend. You can meet somebody, hit it off with them yep. and you go fishing twice in the next month. And it's not the same as it will be a year from now when, you know what, you just, you know, that you want a roast beef sandwich with mustard and no onions and you just bring it right. and put it in the, you put it in the cooler. You know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, if you, if you're married, right? You have a spouse. I mean, you're you you, you don't just finish each other's sentences on the first date, right? You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. um, all of these things sort of come together. So I think we were watching last year and reading everything into it. Oh, God! Did Aaron Rodgers get McCarthy fired? Uh, oh, what's he do- what's he doing? Oh, you see that look right there with with uh, 
uh, Lafleur. Yeah, I wonder what's going on there. You know, yep. and you you get a chance to be around each other. I haven't heard of any like you know yelling at each other. You know what I mean? Or it hasn't been like a. It was just maybe a little uncomfortable at first, or a little less comfortable. And you maybe you get comfortable, and now you have three wins, right? I mean, hey, Maddie, it feels pretty good, <laughs> you know. And, and maybe there aren't, maybe they're in a much better place than they were when yeah. they first started out, you know. And if you keep winning, and and Matt and Aaron is, I'll just call him Aaron if we're going to call Coach Lafleur Matt. If Aaron is nine touchdowns, one interception, he's going to be happy, you know. He's he's liking this. Yep. And if they're going to if they're going to you know win seventeen out of every twenty one games, I think that everyone oh. will be pretty happy. Uh, with yeah. what's going on in Green Bay. Mike, this is great. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. This was fun. Thank you. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. All right. I want to thank Mike again for joining the show. I just, I can't say it enough. I think he's the best. Uh, So I appreciate him coming on the show. Uh, tomorrow, our crossover, Aaron Freeman, host of Locked on Falcons, is going to be on the show. We have a Monday game, so that that changes things a little bit for us. We're still going to do our normal Friday Periscope uh, happy hour, but it will not be uh, the, the same insofar as we won't have all the injury information yet. And so, you know, maybe Devontae Adams plays and we don't know. Maybe Kenny Clark plays and we won't know yet, but we'll still take your questions. So send them to me. You can send them on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Send them to the podcast at Locked on Packers on Twitter. Uh, you can you can send them in the comments of an iTunes review, which I would love for you to leave with, with five stars and, and help spread the word about Locked on Packers. We've been the biggest show on Locked on Podcast Network all year. 
And we are uh, very grateful to have you guys along for this great ride. It's been fun so far. Hopefully it continues to be fun. And if you want to send in a question on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.